Please be seated. Let me read to you a um, passage. There's a lot about Judas, and that's who we're talking about today. In fact, you'll find this account in um, Matthew, which is what we're reading out of, Matthew chapter 26, 6 through 16. And you'll find it in John and in Mark, the same thing. Um, slight differences. But this is the moment when Judas um, decides that he would rather have the money than be with Jesus. And you're going to hear that the disciples speak as a voice here. Um, in the book of Mark, it's just Judas. Okay, So he either gave voice to them or this was his sentiment here. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, y'all, when I first started this series, um, I thought I might skip Judas. And because he's not an uplifting story, he's got a terrible ending. And what I want of this series is for you to have the idea that I think you've been getting about these ordinary people, right? These were the disciples, as you've been sitting here, can you get the idea that these were guys like me? That they were, they were extraordinary for their ordinariness, right? If you had to say what amazing qualities they had, you'd say, well, temper, self-centeredness, ruthless financial ambition. One guy who apparently was fond of sticking knives in people's backs. I mean, these are the people Jesus chose, and yet, what was the thing? Remember what the Pharisees said about them, that Greek, agramatoi, idioti? And we said, now we can speak Greek because we know that means illiterate idiots, right? Agramatoi, idioti. But what was the difference that the Pharisees said? These illiterate idiots have been with Jesus. And that's the difference. And that's what we've been talking about, is that no matter what your traits are, when you're with Jesus, your life changes. It's different. You move from the temper-filled person or the anger-filled person or the person who cares about money, and you become one of the 12 apostles, martyrs, examples, right? And so what I've been trying to teach you, if you just let yourself be with Jesus, you're transformed. It's guaranteed, right? And Judas just pops that idea. Now, I want you to imagine for a second, because some of us wish for this. You probably wish for this. Do you ever wish you were one of the disciples? Have you ever like, if I could just stand there, if I could have just seen that, 
if I could have just heard Jesus say that, I'd believe. You know, I'd have so much more of an easy time believing if I was there, right? Imagine the gift of three years with Jesus. You would change, right? Y'all are like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a trick question. <laughs> I hope that you would change. But see, maybe it's okay that we hesitate. Because we are talking about Judas, and Judas was there. He saw every miracle. Every time Jesus taught, he heard it. And then afterwards, if it wasn't clear, he could ask for explanation. And yet, who did he become? It's not a trick question. Traitor, betrayer, destroyer. Three years with Jesus and Judas didn't turn into a saint and a martyr and a leader. He turned into a destroyer. And so what I started thinking is, this is an important man for us to look at. Because if he was in danger of this, if he fell, then we are in danger too. You are in danger and I am in danger. And being near God isn't enough. There has to be something else, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about him first. Whenever you have Judas in the list, who's at the top of the list? Jesus, yes. Okay, but of the disciples. I love y'all, church people. Who's at the top of the list? Jesus. We know the answer, Jesus, right? Who's at the top of the list? Peter. Good job, good job. Peter, always at the top of the list. Uh, does anyone remember who's often second? No? Andrew, good job. Andrew, everybody forgets Andrew. That's why I ask if you know if he's second. Okay, who's always at the bottom? Judas. Do you think that that's intentional? Yes. So that's showing us he's at the bottom of the list, okay? Because now we're reading history. The people who wrote it knew the story. Now in the middle, we're going to talk about how they wouldn't maybe have put him at the bottom of the list. But once the story is told, once we know how it ends, he's at the bottom. And every single time in the New Testament that we hear the name Judas Iscariot, it's mentioned those words. And if you're keeping notes on the disciples, write down one of those words. I would suggest destroyer. But you could write down traitor or betrayer. Every single time Judas is mentioned, so is his crime. And then they just leave him out of the book of Acts altogether. So when you hear the name Judas Iscariot, does it sound kind of sinister to you? Judas Iscariot, like a snake, right? But I want to tell you that when people heard the name Judas Iscariot, their skin didn't crawl. His name sounded pretty okay. Okay, so let's take the last part, the most creepy sounding part first, Iscariot. Okay, um, does anybody know what that means? Don't worry, I'm going to tell you. It means, it comes from the Hebrew ish and karyoth. Okay. Ish means man. Kerioth is a town. So Judas's name was just like my old last name, Johnson, son of John. It used to tell you, oh, that's the son of John over there, right? Judas, the man from Kerioth. Now, Kerioth was in the southern part of, the, of Israel. Where did Jesus work? 
the north, that's right, with all those crazy rebellious northerners, right? So Judas from Kerioth was the only that we know of southerner in the group. Isn't that interesting? So you've kind of seen how Jesus calls friends and he calls brothers and he calls colleagues, people who grew up together. Judas came in from the south as a loner. Isn't that interesting? So many commentators say, oh, well, he was alone, and so that's what made him turn. But let me tell you, I don't agree with that. Because remember Matthew? He was a tax collector. And if you missed that, that was really bad. And so when Matthew came into the group, nobody was going to be like, hey, brother, oh. They would have been like, ugh. I mean, not, Matthew was, Judas was an unknown. Matthew was known and wasn't doing good. Simon the Zealot, okay? He was the guy who hung around with people who stuck knives in people from behind. So again, he might have been known, but not in a good way. And so when he joined the group, certainly the people would have stood off a little bit from Simon the Zealot too and been like, that's a zealot, it's a zealot. So I don't think that that in itself is the reason that Judas went bad, just where he was from, that he was alone Although certainly it tells us we need a good community, okay, which we talk about a lot. This, his first name, Judas, that sounds kind of sinister too, right? Mm, Judas. But it wasn't. Um, when his parents named him Judas, um, it came from the word Judah. Have you ever heard Judah? It's one of the tribes of Israel. And it was a tribe King David was from. There were Jewish heroes and leaders named Judas that he could have been named after, um, it's like if you named your child George for George Washington, right? Judas. So the fact that he was given the name Judas means that his parents had really high hopes for him spiritually. And not only that, but if you have those kinds of hopes, then my guess is you raise your kid like that. Okay, so this is a faithful family raising their child for something great. And Judas doesn't disappoint them, at least not at first, because he gave up a lot to follow Jesus. A lot. Remember how Jesus said, foxes have dens, right? Birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So Judas gave up his livelihood. He gave up his family. He left the south, where he was familiar with everything, to come to the north to follow Jesus. When other disciples left, you remember there's these times in the gospel where Jesus will say something that people don't understand or they do understand it and they don't like it and they just desert in mass. Judas stuck. He said, I may not totally understand that, but I'm staying. So he stayed through that. When Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, to ask God, God, tell me the names of the people who will be this inner circle of 12. Jesus chose Judas. Now, we could spend a whole time talking about that, and did he, did he do it because he knew he was bad? He, I just don't think so. I think at that time, it was a good choice. And certainly the other disciples had some degree of regard for Judas because do you remember what they put him in charge of? 
the money. Do you, would you put somebody in charge of your money that you didn't trust? I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, you have some money somewhere, right? It's because you trust that place. If you have a financial advisor, you trust that person. And if you don't, you get somebody else. And so the disciples trusted their brother Judas enough to let him take care of the money. So that's where we are, okay? That's Judas, what we know of him. And then we start to see how he went wrong. So my question as I look at this man is, how could he have been near Jesus this long, privy to all of this great teaching, living with God when he was wearing skin, and turn into a destroyer? How could a man who left everything cash out for 30 pieces of silver? How? Because I don't want that to happen to you or me. So here's the first thing. The first thing that Judas teaches us is about choice. The first reason that Judas became a destroyer is because he made bad choices. Bad choices. What kind of church are we in today? It's a united Methodist church. So I'm going to get into a little bit of theology here. Methodists do not believe in predestination. We believe, along with a lot of other Christians, that when God created us, he really gave us the power to choose. That when I put on these boots this morning, that was not God, okay? That was me. That when I say something, that's not because I was fated to say it, that's because I made a choice to say it. So that we actually have, even if God can know what's ahead, we really get to choose. So you see Jesus saying over and over again that he's going to die, right? I'm going to die. And the disciples don't get it. But Judas is standing there. And remember how Jesus often says, I'm going to die, but woe to the one who betrays me. Judas didn't have to be the one. We know that it was going to happen, that when God created us, he knew we were going to abuse our free will, that sin was going to fill our lives, that he'd have to rescue us. A great commentator says in the garden he saw the cross. In the garden, the cross was there. But when I hear Jesus saying, this is going to happen, but woe to the one who does it, I hear it as a warning to Judas, like it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you. Your choices matter. So what this tells me is you can be near Jesus and never with him. Or you can be with him in your heart and then abandon him. And the deep danger in this is that it means that it's not enough for us to just come here every Sunday and sit down and listen. 
that it's even not enough, because you think about all that Judah said, it's not enough to come here and sit down and listen and serve. Even if you're the one taking out the trash or cleaning the coffee pot or hauling those books, that's not enough. It's not enough to give deeply. Although I think our finance committee would say we welcome that. (laughs) But we could do all of those things. We could sit and listen. We could give of our time. We could share deeply of our resources because Judas did those things. And it doesn't say, well, check faith off the list then. Got that down. It could still, it could still wind up a child of the devil instead of a child of God, depending on the choices we make. This is what Jesus said. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter heaven. So there's that doing. And Jesus said if we, as we become children of God, we start to take on the family resemblance of God, like that we start to resemble God in a way. He says this, and I love this verse. I'm gonna, if you're writing notes, write down Luke 6.35 because it's such a challenge to me. Um, Jesus says, that we will be children of God when we act like God, and the way God is acting is God is kind to the wicked and the ungrateful. The wicked and the ungrateful. And so the way I would invite you to test your heart, test your choices is this. If we're going to have that family resemblance of God, if we're going to look more and more like God, then we're going to look less and less like the devil. What characterized Jesus' life? Love, mercy, compassion, kindness. So anytime I feel my heart, you feel your heart full of hate, you're in a dangerous place. Anytime your interior dialogue is about tearing someone down or revealing their sins to the world or getting even with them, you're in a dangerous place. You're not walking in Jesus' footsteps. Your choices could take you away from him instead of toward him. Choices matter. The second thing, bad eggs. How many of y'all, you don't have to show your hands, but just kind of nod your head, have ever met a hypocrite? How many of your friends who don't go to church do you think have ever met a hypocrite? And they will say to you, how can that person go to church and act this way? And I'm going to tell you the sad truth. Maybe they won't believe in Jesus because they see one of Jesus' people destroying things. What do we do with that? Well, we can't change them, right? And we have to remember, how many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve. 
How many was a destroyer? How many of them? One. Is anybody a great math major? Anybody do the math for me on that? It's a little less than 10%. 8%? Way to go. <laughs> I was liberal arts. That means if Jesus lost one of 12, that it doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong as a church if we encounter some bad eggs. Okay? But what do we do about it? Well, we make sure that when we walk out this door or when we're in here, that we're thinking, child of God. I'm a child of God. That our choices are reflecting that. That when you walk out, you're not a stumbling block to somebody. Okay? I can talk to you about this. Don't be a stumbling block. Don't hate. Don't tear other people down. What do we do about the people who are? Let's take it to the disciples. Say Judas had lived, what would they have done? Would they have been like, hey, buddy, come on back and lead the finance committee? No. Would they have welcomed him back if he showed no change? Come on back to the inner circle. No, they would have been watching over their shoulders the whole time. When someone is a destroyer, you don't let them lead. You don't let them hurt you again. But you are willing to forgive them. Okay? Forgive them. And look at this. Even after this betrayal, and it's hard to imagine how the disciples felt. I'm sure they were shocked. I'm sure they were overcome that one of their own had betrayed them, had betrayed Jesus, and it led to his death. But do you see the early church talking about how much they hate Judas? Nope. They put a note in, every, Judas the traitor, right? Moving on with the story. Because the story is so good. The story doesn't end with betrayal. It ends with Sunday morning. The story is so amazing that... You know what? Judas made a bad choice, but it didn't triumph. Evil didn't win. God won. And so what do we do with bad eggs? We say, you're a bad egg. We're moving on. There's a good story. There's good work to be done. And you know what our focus is? Not you. Jesus Christ. His work in this world. Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. That's our story. Not the destruction. That's our story. That's the story that when you take it to the world, changes the world. That's the story that when it's in your life, it doesn't matter if people have met a hypocrite. When they meet you, they meet the real thing. Here's the final lesson. Here's how you avoid being a destroyer. Be a learner. Be like a little sponge for the Holy Spirit. I told you that sometimes you'll be convicted. Sometimes you'll be affirmed. Sometimes you'll be standing in the preaching class and they'll say, you stick your neck out like a chicken. You'll say, okay, I'm not going to be a chicken anymore. <laughs> you can help me with that. 
all of us on a journey of learning. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Because if I stick my neck out like a chicken, I'm going to work not to do that, right? I'm not going to say, well, that stupid teacher. What do they know? P Princeton. <laughs> okay. I'll change. You'll change. We'll change. Right? We'll get better. I want you to think once more about the top of the list and the bottom of the list. Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? Think about the similarities. Both of these men were rebuked by Christ. Both. I would say Peter was rebuked much more harshly than Judas. Or get behind me, Satan. You have not in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Judas, um, he was corrected in this passage in the book of Mark. He was corrected. And Jesus just said, hey, look, it's a beautiful thing. And Judas went, oh. just like we all do when we're corrected. Oh, that's not right. I'm right there. So Peter hears that correction, and he says, okay, how do I change? Judas hears the correction, and he, mm, it's not my problem. That's not me. That, he's wrong. Peter was called Satan by Christ. Judas was called the devil Peter denied and sold out Jesus for what? To save his life. Judas denied and sold out Jesus for what? Silver. Peter, I've told you, must have felt like giving up. He went back to fishing. But when he sees Jesus on the shore, he is so longing for a second chance that he swims to him. He can't even wait for the boat to get over there. He's going to swim. And as painful as it was, he sits there and he, he answers those three questions. Do you love me? I do. Do you love me? I do. Do you love me? I do. He, he gets reinstated. Why? Because he stayed engaged because he didn't give up, because he wanted to learn and he wanted to grow. And Judas, Judas realizes he was wrong too, right? But who does he go to to find forgiveness? The Pharisees. I mean, good luck with that. And they're like, yeah, whatever, your problem. Now, here's the thing that breaks my heart is that Judas knew he had done wrong, regretted it, but didn't know Jesus well enough to run to the cross while his Lord was still alive and say, I am sorry. He had time. He could have clung to that rough wood and said, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. A criminal did but he didn't. He decided he knew the punishment and he took it out on himself, committed suicide. And so he became the destroyer instead of a martyr. He didn't ever really know Jesus. So what does he teach us? 
why did I go ahead and preach on him? Because if you have a life this awry, then we should learn what we can from it so that we don't copy it. Okay? Your choices matter. You are a witness. And that witness can overcome the bad eggs. Don't let them be your focus. And finally, learn. 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 Be open. Because when you're open, you're transformed. Those 11 men, they just opened up. And look where God took them. You just do that. Don't be afraid. Just open up and see where God takes you. Let's pray. Jesus, I invite you to be with us. With us. Help us to not just be near you, to not just be going through the motions, but to be yours, following you with all of our hearts. Help us, Lord, because we do encounter people who make us stumble, but keep our focus on you. And help us, Lord, when we have to make choices to make them well, to make them well, so that we can be transformed and so that the world could be changed because we know you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.